Welcome to Comfortable Place on the Couch, a short-run podcast exploring every Midnight Oil album in the year of their Great Circle Tour. My name is Darren Folds, and in the upcoming months, I'll be spinning every Midnight Oil studio album from my comfortable couch, as well as taking a listen to some of their EPs, live recordings, and video releases. Joining me each episode is my longtime friend and fellow Midnight Oil enthusiast, Robin Harbrin. Greetings, Mr. Harbrin. Hello, Mr. Folds. Did you see those crepuscular rays on the way over to my house tonight? I was bathing in them. Wow, I thought that I was going to fool you with a big word. Oh, I totally know crepuscular rays. All right. As long as we both know what crepuscular rays are, then yeah. we don't need to talk about it I anymore. I know you'll edit it out if I explain why I know about them. Why do you? I want to know why you know, and then I'll tell you why I know. It's, it's more flatter stuff. Oh, is it really? It is. So nice. you better edit it out. Nice. That's yeah. good. No. Yeah. Well, what's bizarre about it is it makes it look like the sun is very close to Earth. When, in actual fact, it's still as far away as it always is. Some would say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I see that we could be going on a very long tangent if we don't if we, get this under control quickly. That. Yeah, well, it, it's like at the distance that we should be from the sun. <laughs> Would this be appropriate time for me to say I'm sorry I asked? Yes, yeah. Okay, you're sorry you asked. You can ask how I'm doing too. How are you doing, Robin? Well, we had a bit of flu go through the house there, Darren. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's why you couldn't come by this weekend. Yeah, I wasn't here this weekend for it. Uh, I was singing the uh, opening line to Powderworks quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, that's some quality comedy right yeah, there. Yeah, that was. So that that's what was going on in my house <laughs> this weekend. Oh, I'm already pretty tired. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, you got to watch out for those desert ship storms are coming. Yeah. I have something very special for you tonight. Hey, I heard about this. Okay. I have a uh, little bit of a challenge for you. Ooh. I've got some trivia questions for you. Are you up for a little challenge? Oh, boy. I'm so if, bad at this if stuff. If you do well, yeah. I'll give you a prize. Okay. Our listeners, maybe they want to play along at home. Okay. And they can they can see how well they do compared to compared to Robin to Robin the couch sitter. I've got questions. I've got one question from each album, and uh, well, there's a couple bonus questions in there too. Mm, so, bonus questions. Oh, so, yeah. Okay, this is this is a thing. So let's let's go from the blue mini to blue sky mining and see how you do. Okay. Okay. Question number one from the blue mini. Yes. This four minute track credited to Hearst, Magini, and Rotsey, was the only single released from the Blue Meanie. Nope, he's reaching <laughs> for his phone. Um, uh, Run By Night. Ding, ding, ding. Was that right? Yeah. Oh, wow. I did not check my phone. There you go. Number two, mm-hmm. Head Injuries. This penultimate track... Oh, that's a bird. This penultimate track that explores themes of war, politics, and money starts with a 5-4 intro that switches to 11-4 before using a more standard 2-4 and 4-4 structure for verses and choruses. Then it ends with an outro that passes through 3-4, 2-4, and back to 3-4. 
Oh. Crazy time signatures from head injuries. Yeah, I'm just... Uh, Penultimate track. Yeah, if, if my memory was fresher on the album, then I would just know what the second last track is. Robin is not prepared for this at all. I no, gave him no advance warning. No, I totally didn't know this was happening. And uh, yeah, I've been listening to the new albums lately. Yeah. Want to uh, give it a guess? Um, you want a hint? Yeah, a hint. Okay, the first letter of the song title you're looking for is P. I can hardly think of a single song from Head Injuries right now. Oh, okay. What's wrong with me? I don't know. Yeah, I just... Uh, Profiteers. Can't. Oh, of course. That's a song that starts with P on Head Injuries. That's a tough one. Number three, Bird Noises. Yeah. This opening track on Bird Noises is usually written as Some Kids on the set lists. Yeah, Some Kids, and it's No Time for Games. Ding, so, ding, 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 well, ding. Well, that was easy. Number four, Place Without a Postcard. Uh-huh. Produced by Glyn Johns in England, Place Without a Postcard contains how many tracks? Eleven. Good job, without hesitation. <laughs> That's easy. Well... <laughs> question number five yeah 1098 1098 mm-hmm. contains one of the oil's longest album songs what is the longest song on 1098 scream in blue scream in blue right on and there's a bonus point for you oh if you can tell me what the oil's longest recorded song to date so far is on an album or an EP. Answer me one question. Sure. Is it on the Blue Meanie? It is. Yeah. Then it is the closing song, your favorite. What is that last song called? But yeah, it's 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 that long gym epic at the end. Yep. That's why I want to say is it now, but it's not. It's uh. I'll give it's, you a half point, a half bonus point for that. It's uh. Nothing. Nothing lost, nothing gained, of yeah. course. Of course, yeah. Of course. Good job. You're doing really good so far. So I knew I knew most of it. Yeah. I am actually bad at names in general. Like song titles is, okay, is, yeah. is the hardest. Not the, the hardest, but it's a difficult thing. Like and names of people. Mm. I hear you. My name's Darren Foltz. Yeah, I, I know about you. <laughs> Question number six. Yeah. Red Sales. I'll give you the lyric. You give me the song title. <laughs> okay. In the eye of the storm, writing on walls, cross my heart confusion, looking for a new solution. Let's sleep. It is sleep. Well done. There's actually three. Three from Red Sails. Here's, oh. the, here's the next lyric. Where the suburbs summer pulse and play in wrinkled sand and never 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 land i get home i see them drive down i look out and see those lines and lines and lines of swell and smiles cool and getta what's the matter (laughs) i'm waiting for some melody to come i know to come to mind this is a this is a kind of a tricky one yeah like i know all that lyric Mm mm-hmm it's like bells. Yeah. Okay. Bells and horns. In the bells back and of horns the in the back of the arm. Okay. Last one okay. from Red Sails. Here's the lyric. Let the lamp lights keep on shining now. 
while those searchlights in skies they are turning, we climb to the top of the heap. I wish I could fly. It's our good friend, the sheep. The sheepyards of New Zealand. <laughs> well done. Well, I remember that. I mean, that's just... Three for three. So obvious it's sales. the story. It's, it's just the sheep story. I mean... You're doing really well. Wow. As, aside from that early stumble with head injuries, yeah. you're doing well. Head injuries, just drawing a blank on it. Yeah. Okay. Number seven, species to CCs. Aha. Uh-huh. It's a little bit different, this question. Okay. Melbourne... I'm going to say that again. Melbourne. Yeah, they're going to make fun of me if I say Melbourne. Melbourne. (laughs) Brisbane. Brisbane. (laughs) Melbourne-based computer hackers, Wank, that's Worms (laughs) Against Nuclear Killers, released a virus, actually it was more of a worm, in 1989 that infected DEC vax machines, including NASA and the Department of Energy in the States. The message it displayed included lyrics from what species to CC's song? Looking for the name of the song. Got a one in four chance. Hercules. Blossom and Blood. Oh, Blossom. There was a bonus. Okay. Have any idea what the lyric was? Have you heard the story before? Only super vaguely. Yeah. I remember this idea of the lyric being displayed on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I can't guess. What you talk of times for peace for all and then prepare for war. Number eight, Diesel and Dust. What track from Diesel and Dust was recorded prior to the Blackfella Whitefella tour and the was Dead released Heart. as a 12-inch single? The Dead the Heart. The Dead Heart. Good job. Last one. What five Canadian cities did the Oils play concerts in for their 1990 Blue Sky Mining tour? Uh, Vancouver. Yes. Toronto. Yes. Montreal. Yes. Ottawa. Yes. Oh. And then they came back after going to Europe for a few months yeah. in September and they played. They were playing Minneapolis, so they decided to play Winnipeg. You got it. Oh, good. I wonder if they're all popular in like Alberta. Like, do they just not play Edmonton and, and Calgary? I think they have in the past. Yeah. I think the Roadside Attraction Tour went through there. Yeah, I guess it must but, have. But, you know, everyone's come to see the hip anyway. Yeah. So, let's do the tabulations. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven and a half out of a possible fourteen. Oh, if only I could have studied. <laughs> you did well. You did so well. I've got a prize for you. Uh-oh. I did well enough for a prize. You did. Oh, really? Yeah. You got another one? I got two. Good for you. Wow. It is a copy of The Dead Heart 12-inch. Yeah. Thank you very much, You're Darren. You're welcome. After we did Diesel and Dust, and I, I knew I had to get myself a copy, there was a lot of two. The Dead Heart was written for the film Uluru, an Anagu story? Anagu? Anagu? I don't know. Yeah. And do we even know about this film? Yes. Is it on YouTube or anything? I don't know. Nice. Yeah. Thank you. You're very welcome. So that's why I was looking forward to you making it over sometime. This has been in my house for... <laughs> you went out of the house. Like four or six weeks. <laughs> just waiting to make its way to you. So, <laughs> we've just been listening to Midnight Oil's 1992 released live compilation album 
Scream in Blue. Yes. Wasn't that a breath of fresh air? Yeah. It was. I, I enjoyed it immensely. Yeah, I got into it. Um, I guess having trouble studying this. Like, you know, sometimes sure. I try to get deep into these albums. Um, but about halfway through, I was really trying to get my list done. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I finally really did get into it. Uh, and uh, I was having a lot of fun. I think by the time I got to about progress. Uh-huh. Yeah. What kind of things do you think we're going to be talking about tonight? I think we'll be talking again about the oils <laughs> being live. So in a way, this is like a companion to Black Rain Falls, where we saw the band sure. do a, a short concert live. Yep. You and I, for the first time, uh, were able to watch it just yeah. due to video. Yep. And then uh, this album came out, and this was the next time we heard the oils live at all. So I think we'll be comparing, like, what what do they change in the song? What's different mm-hmm. about them when they're live? There's also that uh, Bernie recording, Stuck yeah. on the End, is kind of a secret hidden bonus track. And uh, maybe we can talk about the original Bernie, sure. which we overlooked yeah. during Place Without a Postcard. Yep. But first, business. Jim Bowie on Twitter was the first to remind us that uh, we forgot to play the game on Black Rainfalls. Yeah. To me, it's kind of like one of those, well, no, I'm, I'm not going to take this VHS over any album. <laughs> yeah. Do we have to play the game? Yeah. I, I thought we were leaving out the game on purpose, actually, just because. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was just assuming that, too. I don't, we didn't play the game for Goat Island, did we? That's right. That was the precedent. I think I said. Okay. I think we. I think we might have even said, but maybe got to edit it out. Yeah, that possible. we're just not going to do the game on these kind of bonus, bonus material. It's, it's not a dumb question. No, I just think. I think we've just decided that, for the purposes of the game, the game is only being played game, on the the main yep. canon of yep. the albums, the EPs. Of, yeah. Yeah. Eric Fiddler. He contacted me, trying to review our podcast on Google Play and oh yeah right and found and and then i looked into it it turns out that google play just does not allow podcast reviews as if we are second class third class citizens darren why are we even on google play because it's convenient for some people to get podcasts from google play i guess oh that's why yeah okay yeah well thanks for clearing that up so there you go if you want to play the the game if you want to have robin write and sing you a song on the podcast (laughs) <laughs> then you've got to review it on iTunes. So go to iTunes right now. Yo, did I agree to something? What, what, review review our podcast, and yeah. the country that gets the most reviews in by the end of August, Robin will write you a song and sing you a song. He'll come over to your house and play the song. Maybe that's why nobody's written any reviews. Nobody. <laughs> well, I don't want those guys singing about my country. <laughs> our good friend, Lachlan Kirk. Mm-hmm. I think I said his last name wrong. I think it's more like Kirk. Kirk. Lachlan Kirk was wondering why I was saying man alive all the time last yeah. time. Man alive. Is that some weird Canadianism, Darren? I don't know. Oh, well, I looked into it a little bit. Yeah. And in Canada, we actually had a show called we did, Man yeah. Alive, yeah. which ran for what, 40 years or something? It was kind of a vaguely religious show or something? Yeah, it was like a, a, a ver- an extremely non-denominational ecumenical, ecumenical. Yeah, a vaguely religious show called Man Alive. Man Alive. Uh, and of course, it is kind of just a synonym for saying 
oh my god or yeah, something so. like that something you know? something i read was that man alive was used as an expletive to express shock and amazement in the early 1800s along with terms like land sakes <laughs> land sakes that's a good one too these phrases and others were developed because Queen Victoria was notorious for her disapproval of cursing or taking God's name in vain. It became more proper to say, man alive, than, oh my God. Aha. Uh-huh. Apparently, man alive is also a seaman's term. It's an exclamation used when a crew came upon a shipwreck to signify that there was at least one survivor. Man alive! Well, makes, there are men alive in here! Well, it makes, that's, that's a, yeah. Also, it doesn't a, even seem like an expression to me. That's just like a literal. Oh, man alive. Yeah. What, what do you mean by that? I just mean there's a man, man alive, alive right, right there. there. It's also a bingo term. Might even be Cockney rhyming slang. Maybe maybe he didn't want this much detail, Darren. For the number five. <laughs> man alive, number five. You know that G.K. Chesterton wrote a book? Called Man Alive. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. It's on the theme of like the Holy Fool, kind of like a, a Don Quixote or a Dostoevsky's The Idiot type, oh, yeah. Type, yeah. type book. Yeah. Well, I, Chesterton's an okay guy. He is, yeah. Chesterton, he was one of the Inklings, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know really who to attribute to this other than the Twitter handle of Wellington LA21. Oh, yeah. They think that this album heralds the return of Martin's Meadleys. My evidence hidden deep in the mix at the two-minute mark on Bedlam Bridge. Right, and there is a bit of nice, noisy, meadly stuff going on, but super buried. Yeah, yeah. really buried, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, and I do remember the one squeal in particular kind of that does jump out a bit more. Mm-hmm. When I think of meadlies, I think of, like, squeedly meadlies. Squee- squeedly meadlies. Yeah. I think it'll be loud to be you know, true. The point of meadling is so that people know you're meadling. Oh, yeah. Like, meadling is almost walk. like showing off. Yes, you gotta walk. Even Martin, as as laid back and seemingly humble as he is, yeah. when it's meadle time, like best of both worlds oh, in yeah. Toronto, yeah. he's right up at the stage edge. Hey, boys and girls. Wiggling those fingers. Squeedly meadling. Squeedly meadling. So we really got the windows open in the, in the porch today. It's not a porch, it's a sunroom. Oh, in the sunroom, sorry. And the reason we have that is Thunder Bay has had a heat wave, Darren. Oh, oh, I've got a story, an Australian story about the heat wave. Tell me. Sunday afternoon, super duper hot. Yeah. I was at... Uh, hey, we're talking 30-something Celsius. With the Humidex. In Thunder Bay. Yes. Yeah. Did it actually hit 30 yeah, degrees actually without cleared, the Humidex? Yeah, it actually cleared real 30. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And with the Humidex, it was almost like 38 or something, I yeah, think I heard. Yeah, for, for us, yeah. I was at uh, a birthday party with my youngest son, and the parents of the birthday child are from Australia. Oh, nice. And so I was talking to the parents, and and we were talking about how hot it was outside, and it was all that I could do to refrain from saying, man, I think the temperature in the shade has reached 110 again. (laughs) So those Australians, did they feel it was hot? Oh, yeah. Or did they scoff? No, they're saying it's hot. Oh, Actually... It was either her dad or his dad yeah. was in town visiting, and she made the joke that he he put on his fleece jacket in the morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess it's not that hot. Oh, and they made that really cool, I don't remember if it made to the podcast, but I was talking to you about the really cool coconut cake, and they brought it to school one day, and it was delicious, and it's like an Australian thing, and there's a name for it. 
Somebody will tell me what it is. Okay. Coconut Australian cake. <laughs> Made with fresh Australians. <laughs> Australians. And coconuts. Shall we start talking about the album? Yeah. So the album is basically jumping around from yep. the Capitol gig yep. to these two gigs in Brisbane and Darlinghurst. Yep. Darlinghurst is a suburb of Sydney, I believe. Okay. Yep. In 89 and 90. Yep. And then there's a couple other little things. The X, there's a, a 1984 and the 1990 Exxon oil spill protest gig. Yeah, but right. basically it's just kind of jumping around mostly between 82 and 8990. Yep. And uh, so, and of course, the big change in the band uh, is that you've got Giffo gone. Yep. So, and you've got Bones there yep. with with his high harmonies, saying another yep. one, two octaves higher than, than everybody else. Yep. Um, and the other thing is the oils have made this move into these, well, these worldwide hit songs, right? Yeah. Which, um, so, so the album is uh, a collection of songs, but it isn't really, I don't know, do you think it's representative of the oils as a... This is an album that's, that's trying to say, hey, listen to us. For especially if this was intended for like a North American audience, if that was their primary focus, if they were thinking, okay, we've got some traction in the States now, let's keep things going. We don't have another album, but we can put this out. It's saying we're loud and we're raw and we're punk and we can play along those alongside those grunge guys as well. Yeah, if you think we're just these acoustic, folky, folk pop. Yeah. We're not that isn't all we're about yeah so in some ways i do think it's kind of a, an answer to that to to diesel and dust and to blue sky mind and it's it's an opportunity to introduce the fans that they they garnered from those albums to some of their previous work and that's way different like starting off the album with screaming blue it's just like what is this yeah. like if all you knew was diesel and dust and Blue Sky Mining. Yeah, this is quite a shock. Yeah. Some of the way that it, it treats the diesel and dust and the, and the one Blue Sky Mining song, they play it up. Like, it's, it's not laid back and strummy. It's electrified. It's rocking. The tempos are all increased. Yeah, pretty much everyone. I, uh, Rihanna and I did check the tempos. Oh, good. Yeah, and, and that's right. There's a couple that are close. 
uh, and some are significantly faster. Yeah, I'd thought while listening to Diesel and Dust, and I think in Blue Sky Mining as well, you know, what if they had recorded these songs kind of in the same style as Species to Ceces? Mm-hmm. This might have been what we would have had. Yes. What we would have ended up yeah, with. Yeah, that, that's right. I, I definitely, uh, I thought exactly that on a couple of the songs where it's like, oh, now these belong on Species to Ceces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And they did uh, choose almost completely all fast songs. Yeah. Uh, and like you said, they sped up the ones that were slower yep. uh, to make them fit. So it really is a, a collection of them rocking. How do you think the album yeah. paces itself? Like we've talked before about how albums have their ups and their downs and they and they take you on. Yeah, great, great albums yeah. have ups and downs. Yeah. So it's interesting. They, their downs aren't so much the songs, but these... Uh, they do quite a bit of soundscape kind of stuff on this album. Mm-hmm. Maybe they only started doing on Blue Sky Mining. We were almost talking. I think yeah. we talked about that briefly. We were talking about like the the city sounds. Yeah. And... Yeah. City sounds and uh, environmental sounds. Uh, yep. Oceans or, or yeah, in this crackling case. volcanoes or... on Antarctica. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lava. <laughs> rivers of lava. Yeah. Rivers of lava. There are all these moments. There's kind of like an unlisted. There's the the strange people of Australia song. Yep. I call it strange, but yep. just unexpected. Yeah. There's even this, uh, I think a native American, I guess we'll, we'll get to it. Yes. Oh, but we will. We definitely will. Oh yeah. 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 I have some, some neat trivia on that one. For okay. You. Um, so yeah, in a way that does provide some of the ups and downs yeah, of it. I agree. Yeah. The instruments on all the songs seem really well. I don't know if the correct term is isolated or separated. The bass is definitely right here. The drums are definitely right here. I can hear this guitar. I can hear that guitar. Everything seems to have its own place in the mix. And it's really easy to pick out the different instruments. You listen through headphones or earbuds yeah. almost all the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that gives you a real sense of it. But yeah, everything in the mix is it's pretty easy to pick out. Yeah. Everything. Did you listen to originals like the the album versions and then the live versions at all for some yeah 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 um i was especially interested where i like the new the live version significantly better than the studio version i I pay a bit more attention to those ones to to try and figure out why yeah yeah oh that's good i look forward to hearing what you've got um i put together a playlist and i listened to it a few times of these songs from the albums and when i did that it stood out to me just how much album versions are really presented in this package. And I think they did a really good job of, of producing, mixing, whatever they, they do with it to make them flow nicely. Yeah, they've got the crowd bits in between and the rants and the, and the talky bits in between. But the, it sounds like a cohesive concert almost. Yeah, I can t- I can tell what the different concerts are. I, I can hear the different effects on the guitars and the different ways that they've mic the drums and stuff like that but it sounds like a cohesive album as a whole yeah but when you're listening to the the individual tracks obviously but it stood out to me how much trapped in certain albums these songs are and it started me so thinking, like the, the studio versions sounded very different from one another yeah like like, like yeah. listening to something from place without a postcard to mm. diesel and dust oh, yeah. to 1098 it's like Wow, those are huge these are changes. Yeah. Massively different albums, but it got me thinking about the songs themselves and how how much of an effect the producer 
and the recording process has on the songs because the songs themselves are a thing. Yeah. And then when you lay them down for an album, they become something a little bit, they, they take on that album as well. And so listening to them live, listening to them in concert, I don't know if you, if you just get like the raw, the original, the band playing the song. The essence of the song. Well, yeah, that sounds corny, <laughs> but yeah, I like, I like comparing those two things. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say about those kind of things too. Maybe we should get to the songs. We got one song from the Blue Meanie. We got two songs from Postcard. We've got three from 1098. We've got two from Species. We've got four from Diesel. And we've got one from Blue Sky Mining. Yeah, I know. We've got other little bits of songs from other albums tucked in there too. And we'll get to those. And did you know that they released one song as a single? No, which one? Uh, They released Sometimes. Well, yes. Okay, so the live version of Sometimes really did chart. Was released as a single. It went to number 33 in Australia and number 20 in the U.S., on those modern rock charts. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so then it definitely wasn't just my imagination or luck. Or just some DJ in Thunder Bay who yeah, liked Yeah, some the DJ. Song. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, well, we'll get to that when we, when we get to that song again. Interesting. I watched the video for it. Yeah. And um, it's... Part of it's from the Exxon gig. They've got Pete falling down in it, of yeah. course. Uh, they show little clips uh, from the Blackfellow Whitefellow tour mm. in it. They show ancient, ancient um, live clips, including Giffo playing ah, the bass. Ah. You can you sneak, you can see him every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. Is is this the one that has Pete's head on fire too? Yeah, the steaming head. Yeah, the steaming yeah, that's head. That's the one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I do remember that then. Yeah. Okay, now let's talk about the songs from 1098, Screamin' Blue, recorded at the Horden Pavilion in Sydney in 1984. Yeah, so this opens with the ocean soundscape. Yeah. So this is like, yep, this is a lot faster, harsher than the studio version of Screamin' Blue, but it opens with the ridiculous guitar solo. Oh, yeah. It's like... Is he even in a key? Is he... It's way out there. I don't know if there's any scale going on here. I don't know if there's anything. It's, it just seems... Very atonal. Atonal. Yeah. atonal. yeah. Yeah. Uh, but pretty brilliant. Like Oh, I, yeah. I, yeah. Fantastic. All these songs are, are really good recordings. But this is a great recording. It sounds to me like it could almost be an early studio recording done by the Oils. Yeah. Like back in the Head Injuries or Blue Meanie. Yeah. If it wasn't for this... Horton Pavilion tag on here. Yeah. I would almost, I almost wondered if, yeah, if this was a studio version. As far as things that I liked to listen to from this particular version of it, we've got some really shimmery, almost squeaky keys going on in, in a couple places. That sparkly, yeah, shimmery. Yeah, 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 those, those. Yeah, I'm not even sure that those are keys. I assume both Jim and Martin are really busy. If this is just the band playing live, yeah. So I I suspect that that's bizarre guitar feedback. Yeah. Um, from one of them. I know at some point in their career, I think both Martin and Jim played Jaguars, mm. and the Jag is known for past the bridge, a lot of string, and sometimes people play down there. Right. 
I wonder if it probably wasn't that, and they're probably not playing well, yeah, Jennings and, then. And you can also play the top yep. uh, as well, but of course that's further away from the pickup. Yeah, they probably played Jags much later on because Martin Strat guy. Yeah, Martin's usually the Strat guy. Yeah. Definitely very high-pitched stuff that could be the result of feedback. And in that same clip is some super fast medleys, right? Oh, like yeah. Somebody's just, what is that, Flight of the Bumblebee uh, <laughs> yep. kind of stuff. Having a spaz with the pick hand, like spasms. <laughs> you know. Spaz, you know. spasms. Yeah. Having a spaz. Okay. <laughs> um, I bet you loved the bass on the song. It's loud. It's playful. It's very toneful. Yeah. Giffo goes really well. There's also a long stop. And how about those little shimmery, squealy, squeaky things in there too, eh? Yeah, there's more of a... So either Martin or Jim is yeah. is doing Get something. Some feedback-y, Yeah, squeakies. feedback with their amp or doing something. Yeah. But what's weird about this song is it's only half of Scream and Blue. It, yeah. You don't get the, the love song. Yes. Because the Oils are making a statement. They're saying, hey, you kids, we're punk. Yeah. We're rock. So that is interesting. They would call something Screaming Blue. Name the album name after Name the it. album after it, but only give you half the song. You want to hear what the rest of it sounds like? Yeah. By go, the album. Go get the album. The other album. The full album. That's not called Screaming Blue. You'll have to buy them all to figure out what album it's on. Yeah. <laughs> great, A great start. And then there's not even a break, and it's just... The cowbell starts. The cowbell. Straight into another 1098 song. Read about it. This time from, from a 1990 concert in Brisbane. Interesting that they would choose a modern, at the time, Yeah. a new recording of Read About it instead of a going back in the archives. But yeah. I guess a lot of this album is from these two concerts in the 90s. Were they both in 1990? Uh, 89 and 90. Yeah. So it's like this era of Midnight Oil. We're giving, we're giving you the band as we are now. Yeah, it sounds like there's a goof up right at the beginning of Read About It. Uh, a missing chord. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you think it's a goof or do you think it's one of those intentional dropping a chord? Yeah, maybe it is deliberate. Yeah. Almost because I can imagine that dropped chord happening other recordings of read about it maybe, yeah maybe. Or, or maybe it's just that this this particular version of it is so stuck in our minds that it just sounds natural to us after all these years yeah yeah it it didn't strike me as out of place and missing it's like oh yeah that's great that's how it goes that's how it goes yeah 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 that's right i find the the back the background vocals in this one uh almost jarring is this you wouldn't yeah that wasn't something that yeah didn't stand out to me as okay yeah jarring it, whoever's doing them who is doing those isn't that pete i think singing read about it there is rob and maybe 
bones. So I would think that was Pete singing. You wouldn't. Yeah, it just doesn't sound like it him d- to me. Yeah, you're right. It, it just sounds like some quite... other guy going, you wouldn't. Maybe it's that guy who plays the big bass drum <laughs> yeah. from the Goat Island concert. They brought him back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? And we, I'm just going to mention it now. The shouts of progress yeah. in progress, um, they kind of sound out of place to me too. Like, as this sounds out of place to you, yeah. the shouts of progress, you could have done better. It's very choppy. It's like, progress! Yeah. That's progress! Yeah. And if I was to do it, I'd be a little bit more... You, I'd be loud, but I'd be a little more laid back about yeah. it, and I'd, I'd let it extend. No, I wouldn't be snapping my fingers. <laughs> little jazz progress. You'd, you'd be a little... That's progress. <laughs> That's progress. <laughs> so, yes, we've got this, this jarring... You wouldn't! It sounds like a baseball umpire to me. Ah... You know that kind of guy? Could be. Yeah. Could be. It's got a real crack to the snare drum Rob has in this song. And that's something that when I when I when it really stood out to me as I was listening to this, I thought, oh, I'm gonna listen to his snare for all the songs and and it was actually at that point I was saying, Oh yeah, between the snares and between the effects between that, between the snares and the effects that they use on guitars I think I can tell just about which concert, which concert it's coming from. Yeah. So like the snare in this song is really, I would characterize it as, as cracking. Like there's a real snap crack to it. It's very harsh. It's very abrupt. Um, there's not a lot of tone to the snare at all. It's just that snap noise. Now, later on in the song, on the original studio recording, there's these really nice acoustic guitar strums that, uh, but they're just totally missing from this version. Martin, he has all these rhythmic fills. Yeah. And uh, that I just can't do. What was what was the Midnight Oil song that we were talking about a couple albums ago that I just could not do? Oh, well, even in progress mm-hmm. for my cover, yeah. I could not do this little fill that Martin does. Okay. This song has a guitar feedback squeaky type sound in it a lot of the songs do Mm -hmm. and i'm not mentioning that as a critique i'm mentioning that as a way to say these are live recordings warts and all mistakes and stuff in them and i like them some of them have become those sounds that i expect to hear in the songs Yeah. yeah well this is when they just stick they've got their amps and they stick microphones up against the amps and this is what comes out of that amp, you know? Yeah. No matter how skilled the guitarist is, when they're playing with feedback and, and reverb on their amp and everything else and all the pedals, there just are noises that come out of them yep. that the guitarist doesn't always have full control over. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, I guess there's there's two ways of going about recording things or, or putting things through a PA. One of them would be just taking the output straight from an amp, um, because an amp brings a certain sound to your your guitar, yeah. right? You, you could just, I suppose, well, I guess a lot of what you can do is you can just plug into your pedals and then plug into your mixing board or whatever, or if you're recording into your... Yeah, you can go direct, uh, yeah. a direct box, yeah. But amps give that, give another layer of sound yeah. and tonality to things. That's right. 
it's the guitar and the amp together, together that produce the sound those two combinations even when you don't put a whole bunch of pedals in between mm-hmm. just the guitar and the amp have a whole range of possibilities yeah and different amp and guitar manufacturer combine yeah the manufacturers who make them um and there's and there's certain combinations that are loved oh yeah by like, guitarists yeah sounds, they're classic like, sounds oh, yeah yeah, and, and I Martin's, play my my Strat through this Marshall stack, and yeah. you're going to get that sound. And then there's the Vox, right? The, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. That Mar- yeah. Martin, I believe, uses uh, uses Vox most of the time. Or yes, he, he does. Have, yeah. yeah, he's got a couple AC30s up there, and yeah. and yeah. So like another one of these, like a classic surf sound, is a Jag into an AC30. Yeah, that's all you need. You get all your shimmery tremolos and stuff from the amp, and everything just sounds beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah, and on the way out on the song, uh, they do a bunch of extra read about it, like where the where the band is yeah, yeah. singing. And uh, that's kind of a thing they played up. And I think having Bones on board to make those sounds sweeter, Yeah, this is where, oh, yeah, let's do more harmonies. Let's do more background, catchy yeah. background vocal stuff. Sounds so, good. Yeah. As this song ends. There's this sustained noise from the guitars. Yeah. And I, th- I believe one or both guitarists are rapidly toggling their pickups oh, between yeah. and rhythm and treble. You hear this kind of this switching, yeah. this alternating sound. So most guitars have two sets of pickups on them. Pickups are magnetic coils mm-hmm. that when the strings vibrate in front of them, they generate a current which goes to the guitar amp mm-hmm. and gets loud. Okay. And most have two sets of them, mm-hmm. one up, uh, like the, the by the bridge, by the bridge, which is the far the, end, the far, down. the 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 low, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's pointing kind of away from the guitarist or away from the how do you describe it? Anyway, there's one that's at opposite ends of the guitar, so to speak. <laughs> well, not of the guitar body. Yeah, that's right. There's okay, one near you the know, neck. You know where you put your hands? That's yeah. called the neck, where the yeah. neck ends and it kind of joins into the body of the guitar. There's yeah. a pickup there called the neck pickup. The neck pickup. And then if you go even further away from the neck. You get to the bridge. The bridge where the strings kind of end. Yeah. And that's near the, where the strings end. Yeah, closer to where the strings yes. end. That's where the bridge pickup is and there could be other pickups elsewhere too yeah depending on the type of guitar. and there's there's usually a toggle switch or a three-way switch fred eagle smith he loves himself a toggle switch yes he does <laughs> you Never could mind. choose between the two pickups or combine the two on yep. a lot of them yeah and so if you rapidly oh and the deal is that those two pickups sound different they might be different pickup construction themselves mm-hmm. or even if they're not they are in different places on the guitar so they're picking up uh the vibration of the string yeah, in a different, different location that's right so there's a different sound between the two yeah yeah and so at the end of the song switching back and forth rapidly between the two pickups makes this neat little sound that we hear yeah i think we're hearing at the yeah. end of this of this song and maybe one other yeah and then it's as if those two songs were the first two songs of this concert that we're hearing from the oils. Because the whole thing is like presented to us as if we're at an oils concert. So the band has come out, they've played this weird, crazy intro song. They get into read about it, they finish it, and then Pete says, Good evening! He's welcoming us to the concert. <laughs> but really he's saying goodnight. He might be. Maybe they ended with read about it. <laughs> <laughs> that might not even be from Read About It. 
or yeah. from Dreamworld. It just might be lifted from somewhere else. But in their presentation of this as a concert, it's the welcome to the show moment. Okay, so here's a question for you. Do other live albums present the live material in this format? Or is this something a little bit unique? Piecing it together from over almost a decade, uh, but then still presenting it as one yeah. concert... I think is fairly unusual. Yeah, this they, album is presented as if we were sitting there or standing there watching the oils play a concert, like from beginning to end. It seems to me like it's being presented in that way. I think all the other live albums I have, but there aren't all that many yeah. that I have, um, are more from a particular single concert. Yeah, so it would naturally. At, at, yeah, at where they might um cheat a bit where they actually recorded over two or three nights yeah. and took the best yeah. of each one. <laughs> yeah, sure. But still presented as one. Yep. Yeah. And then they start playing Dream World again from the nineteen ninety Brisbane concert. Yes. The was it the Brisbane Entertainment Center or whatever it is? Yeah. Our first Diesel and Dust song. That's right, and they're they're really rocking this one. This one sounds so good. Yeah, so they're this is where they're really making use of bones. Yeah, this dream world. If you compare it to the studio album, oh yeah, the harmonies, especially those fall that oh, we're yeah. listening fall. Yeah, bones is up the octave and it just gives this much bigger range. Those are fantastic BGVs with Rob and Bones. One thing the Oils do very well, at least in the times we've seen, mm -hmm. like them live or even during the uh, Exxon gig, mm -hmm. is they're always ready to insert extra bars yep. of music wherever yep. they have to. Because yep. Pete, you know, he's he's falling off speaker <laughs> stacks. He's running around, like, you know, yep. whatever. He's doing stuff. He's ejecting yeah. someone from the crowd. Yeah, let me get my drink, he says. Yep. He's off getting his drink, yep. you know, or whatever. Taking yep. off his clothes, whatever he does. <laughs> he does all that kind like of stuff. Like his hat. Yeah. Yeah. And so the band's always ready to extend a song. Yeah. Yeah, and just put extra stuff in so that happens during dream world yep i don't know if they had a, a really good reason for it but we don't <laughs> well there's a, just a little bit of feedback right before that too let me let's let's just listen to this and that's also taking longer than they normally do there there's yeah. some extra so yeah it's like oh technical issue no problem we'll just hang on right here yeah holding pattern holding pattern yeah we're ready okay, for ready it. ready to go okay let's yeah. go yeah well pete was you know maybe his mic was getting fixed or yeah whatever now jim is getting some organ in during this song yeah and it's absolutely beautiful yeah um they've got two guitarists yeah martin can he's more than capable of handling duties when yeah. when Jim's going over the organs sounds right. great here in Dreamworld. Dreamworld's a great song to begin with. Yeah, I don't know. This may be my favorite from the album. I just think they do a, a fantastic job of it. It's it's so well recorded too. The only thing that gives it away to me is the drum on this. It just it sounds like live drums. Yeah. I'm not saying that they sound bad. Yeah, it just has that live drum. Way sound more to space it. to it. Way more air or something. Yeah, to it, right? it, yeah. it's it's got that live room sound to it. Yeah. at least to me, that's what but I'm it thinking. It could be it coming is. through the 
the thing is you got your drum kit there yeah. but beside it you got like mics f- next to the guitar amps but they can be picking up the drum kit sure. too yeah that's you right. got the vocal mics can be picking up uh, just that much yeah, drums that's right everything's picking up yeah. okay good yeah. enough fantastic sounds really really good yeah and there's uh, some fun extra guitar stuff pretty cool guitar solo just some extra embellishments and, yeah. and stuff yeah. yeah sounds great and then i love what it ends with pete gets some more weird noises hey blah 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 that's what he says hey blah 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 yeah that's right he introduces the next <laughs> one hey blah blah and okay so let's go on to brave faces right. otherwise known as place without a postcard right. he introduces it as this is place without a postcard Almost sounds like he gets cut off. So maybe this this is a place without a postcard song. Maybe. Maybe. I you don't think, think so. That, I think that he's just saying this is a place without a postcard because that's a lyric from the song from Brave Faces. And I thought that I had seen somewhere. You're going to say on set lists, yeah. they call it postcard. Yeah. Okay. I think he's just introducing the song as this is a place without a postcard. A blah, blah, blah. <laughs> So this is a 1982 concert. Yeah. Um, this is the Capitol Theater concert. So we got Giffo playing along. Yeah, it starts off faster uh, than the studio version. Mm-hmm. And you can hear Rob tapping out the beat, like, off. Yes. Like, he's not hitting the snares, nope. but he's... Clicking the sticks. Clicking the sticks, yep. yeah. And that's carrying through some somebody's mics. Yep. Uh, I think it's a lot more loud and rocking uh, than than the studio version Mm -hmm. and uh again at about 150 they add some extra cycles uh to the song again whatever pete pete was busy doing there yeah they want to make sure that people get their money's worth they're thinking oh these songs are shorter so well even though we're playing faster we'll just play more and they're all even out in the end that's what they yeah they're shooting for the same finishing time i think that the snare sound in these capital theater gigs here it's a a dryer kind of sound. I know you don't like that term. What's the term that you like me to use when I'm thinking of a drier, airier kind of sound? Well, when you say dry, that should mean lacking reverb, in my opinion. Right. Dry means without uh, effect. Without any effect, without even any room sound. Yeah. Just very almost dead. Yeah. Dry. Yeah. And although the snare seems more bassier to me, it's got a little bit more tone, but definitely it's it's got a little bit more bass to it. I don't know. It's it's got a different sound. I like it better than just the straight on crack. Mm-hmm. I like what I call a dryer snare sound. Yeah, so it's got, how, does it have more body? Let's listen to a little bit of snare. Yeah, and I'm hearing more of that ch- Yeah. Ch- which yeah. is the opposite of dry. That's from a mixing. From a, from a, yeah, yeah, from a, yeah, so that that is yeah. the uh it's got like a nice nice decay, decay it's yeah, got that's and right. um yeah yeah so less of an attack more of a decay yeah and a little bit more oomph on the bottom end yeah longer decay and and a bit more a bit more body to it yeah not as toneful as some snare sounds that we're going to be getting later on in the album. oh okay yes. the guitar 
really raunchy sounding, especially mm-hmm. towards the end of the album or to the, the end, end of, of the, the song. song. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Nice and raunchy. Yeah. Like now, uh, the bass at about three forty-seven. Yeah. Uh, the bass starts playing its main riff again, which is, uh, like this melodic riff. Yeah. And that kind of builds the band up. It actually, it kind of drops down mm-hmm. and then there's the, the classic to me, Giffo baseline in this song. Yeah. And, and the band really builds up around it. Yeah, I had I had written down that the crowd cheers for the bass and the drum. Yeah. Doing their thing together. The rhythm section yeah. doing their thing. This is almost like a, a hook uh, to this song, that, that bass line. It's almost like a bass solo going on, but really he's just repeating the, mm-hmm. the riff. Uh, And then there's quite a good rambling guitar solo. Once those drums and bass have established it, then the guitar comes in. And uh, there's this nice, long, Mm -hmm. rambling guitar. So I call it rambling. Moving on. Yeah. Only the strong. Nice and nasty. They got the noisy tremolo guitars yep what can i say this is this is good it's good but it's not great oh really i like it yeah but it doesn't have that guitar bend that the album version has it's just it's got it but it's just not quite or maybe it's just my memory it's just not quite as much of a bend there as that i'm expecting and then and then towards the end pete's got a scream that he just doesn't quite scream like i'm expecting him to ah. i think i think there's just just a couple little weak bits in the delivery oh, of this song. interesting yeah can okay. i can i play them for you and, oh, and yeah. you can yeah. say oh yeah that's okay what are you hearing darren yeah what's wrong it's there but it's not this yeah i see so some of the the subtlety that the studio was able to play up, like you take kind of a subtle thing and they're able yeah. to make a big yeah. deal of it in the studio. Yeah. And when you're when you got when you got the guitar at ten, you got the the amp at ten. Mm-hmm. I know. And you're playing live. I know. Where can you go? Where can you go from there? You need that extra push, push over, over the, the cliff. cliff. So that's the thing. Like I don't think you're ever going to when you're doing a loud live rock show, you're going to lack those subtleties. But I really do like, I think they've got so much energy oh, and yeah. noise and I... I'm not saying they did a bad job of it. I'm just saying, yeah, it's it's not yeah. what I was... I, I'm, going, I'm going to say that I like this bit every bit as much as the studio version. I was actually surprised how much I liked this particular uh, live song on this album uh, and it's right up there with the studio one for me. I'm glad for you. (laughs) (laughs) Let's listen to Pete not scream like he could. I like how he does in like four phases. Like, Ah, (laughs) yeah, it's 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 fine. Yeah, I want you want (laughs) you want that one from the studio. That yeah, he might, I wanted that to he put might, a little bit more effort he might into had it. Like, Take a deep breath and do it right. <laughs> Probably in the studio, he he did like <laughs> many takes just for that scream 
where he wasn't singing the whole song along. But yeah, again, it's the same thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just like. I understand. Yeah. If you want I want exactly, more effort, though. You want more effort? I think, think they could have done better. He was not making enough effort. <laughs> That's right. He could have tried harder. <laughs> Do you deny that he could have tried harder? Um, yeah. No. I don't know. At that moment, he probably could have tried harder. Yeah. But maybe that's he, all I'm asking. Maybe he wouldn't I'm have glad made you it agree through. With me. Maybe he wouldn't have made it through the entire concert, though. He was pacing himself oh. exactly correctly. That's just speculation. That is speculation. <laughs> and then at four minutes, Giffo gets to do his cool bass bit again. I miss him. I miss Giffo too. Although, there's a few times on this album that Bones steps ahead of Giffo. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Well, you know what? He's not Giffo. He's not Giffo. Giffo's not Bones. Okay, so, and then, somewhat bizarrely, Darren. Yeah. The song ends and something starts. So what's with that? You tell me about that. Well, what am I talking about anyway? We're talking about the uh, the Native Indian Native American chanting. Let me tell you what they really are. Okay. Native Canadians. Are they really? They this is are Native Canadians. Yes. Let's let's take a look at the album here. Now, of course, Native Canadians is exactly what you should not be calling them. Then that's right. First Nations. Yeah. Um, I just want to stress the Canadianness. So they they did credit them though, eh? Yeah, where is it? Wasn't more appropriation. Oh, here it is on the bottom. Midnight Oil would like to thank all those at CBS who hung in. You know who you are. Chief Phil Fontaine, head of Chiefs Assembly, Winnipeg, for permission to use excerpts from the drum song. Huh. Now, the credit was is a little bit off. Yeah. Phil Fontaine is not the chief of Winnipeg assembly of chiefs or whatever like that. Yeah. Um, Phil Fontaine was for a long time the national chief of the assemblies of first nations of Canada. And uh-huh. so they asked him as kind of a representative. Yeah. Um, for permission to use that chant, that singing. Okay. Yeah. So two North American aspects. You know, this is this is a very Australian album. All the concerts are from Australia, except for the Exxon gig. Yeah. And a little bit of Canada, perhaps. Yeah. And the Thunder Bay Connection. What? Phil Fontaine. Yeah. Has an honorary law degree from Lake Eddy University. Lake Eddy University here in Thunder Bay. That's right. Same with Neil Young. So but why yeah. do you think they stuck that in there? Yeah, it just doesn't fit, does it? I can kind of see trying to make the connection between... When we were talking about what Stars of Warburton about, we were thinking, well, you know, maybe this is like a contrasting between being out in the road in the States and touring and then coming back to Australia and looking back at their Blackfella, Whitefella tour and connection to the land and getting to know the people there. Yeah. So maybe I could see them trying to make some sort of connection. Yeah. So, there. yeah. And... Actually, to be fair, like I, I, we were saying Native Americans, and then you mm-hmm. said Native Canadians, yeah. and then we say First Nations. Yep. But it should be clear that 
those people groups, mm-hmm. many of them really don't consider themselves Canadian or American. That's right. They consider themselves their They're, own nations, yep. which have their own geographical yep. run that that's goes right. across the borders. Oh, yeah. Just because yeah, we have to right. set up this border. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. To be even more fair, it doesn't matter that they record this in Winnipeg and then they're tying it to Warburton. Yeah, that's so right. I, I think that's probably their intention. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I think. Didn't see any Buffalo there. And it's a little bit clippy, that recording of the, of the drum song there, you know? Yeah. It, and when I say clippy, I mean like it sounds distorted. Yeah. Like yeah. It's her distorted like, recording. Yeah. But back in the analog days where that was a little bit more pleasant to listen to. Yeah. Did you find that pleasant to listen to? A little more pleasant to listen to than if it was digitally clipped. Right. Yes. Right. So we're finally getting to stars. I, I have basically nothing to say about stars. I think I'd be just as, you, you can convince me otherwise. Okay. I'd be just as happy this was left off the album. Ooh, yeah. that's a bit of a statement. Yeah. No, I like, I like stars. Um, it gives, it's one of the slower songs. And it kind of gives you a little bit of a break from the energy and the high excitement and the rock and roll going on. Not that this isn't a rock and roller. I like it. There's a few few nice things in there. Um, Rob really emphasizes the double crash after that, after my favorite Buffalo line there. Yeah, after it's, the Buffalo line, it's, yeah. It's, he does that in the album version, but it's really psh, psh, emphasized in the live versions. Remember we were talking about how there's kind of like that outro, kind of like a drum solo on the album version, yeah. but it's way down in the mix. Well, for the live version, it's just in your face, <laughs> yeah. and he's just going to town on it. It's all Rob stuff that I like about this song. So that that's like probably why strong strong background vocals from okay. Rob and Bones throughout the song. Yeah, I guess I found that it didn't give me anything new that this that the studio version didn't do. Right, like it just did everything a little worse to me. It was mm. just like a a somewhat worse sounding oh, yeah. version of what I could hear on the album. But you're picking up it's all Rob's st- or almost all yeah. Rob stuff that you're liking. Yeah. So there, that indicates that's well. You're listening to Rob closer yep. than than I do. Yeah, and uh, there you go. That's yep. why you are getting something out of it. Yeah, good for you. I'm glad for you. <laughs> I wonder if this was a if this is bringing a familiar song back to the American audiences because we've had some back catalog stuff for a while. That's right. The first five songs. Well, there was the really rock and dream world. Yeah, but otherwise, four out of five songs were songs. Yeah. The new listener wouldn't have heard before. Yeah. The Diesel and Blue Sky, yeah. Maybe another reason to, to play it. Yeah, although then that almost seems like just a cal- it's a calculated yeah. business move. Yeah, so again, so. it's like a yeah. sellout. Warburton was one of my favorite songs from Blue Sky Mining, so I'm glad to hear it here. You know what they should have put on this album? Which They, they need a live version of King of the Mountain. <laughs> I was waiting for that joke. Hey, you've nearly made it to the halfway mark of the podcast. Congratulations! Robin and I thought that we'd take a little break, but we'll be back soon with more Scream in Blue, live on Comfortable Place on the Couch, a Midnight Oil podcast.
where you'll hear Robin say, I wish I could give this zero stars because <laughs> that's what it deserves. Thanks for listening. Remember, you can listen to us on the internet. <laughs> what am I saying? Remember, you can subscribe to Comfortable Place on the Couch wherever you find good podcasts and you can get in touch with us on the Twitter at Darren the Folds and at Robin Harbron. Show notes are online at darrenfolds.com slash podcasts. So for Robin Harbron, I'm Darren Folds. Good night. Ah, good night.